Almighty and most gentle God, who didst cause a fountain of living water to gush from the rock in order to quench the thirst of thy people, draw from our hardened hearts tears of compunction, that we may be able to mourn for our sins and merit their forgiveness from thy mercy. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We have today joined together in some way an extraordinarily consoling votive mass. This votive mass for the sick. People often become very agitated and excited when they hear that there is in this place a healing priest and in this other place someone with a gift of healing and in this other place uh, a healing mass will be celebrated as if, as if every mass is not a healing mass. All of the texts of this Mass for the Sick merit our attention and ought to be repeated, meditated, recited over and over again until they descend deep into the heart. The, the gradual of this Mass, which is musically challenging, isn't it, uh, with its extraordinary seventh mode melody that seems to go the whole, uh, from the depths to the heights of the seventh mode, is nonetheless uh, wonderfully expressive of the cry out of the depths of a man who is conscious of his infirmity. The melody perfectly accommodates and expresses the text. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am. The translation in the Missal has weak, but that's not what the Latin says. Quoniam infirmus sum, for I am infirm. I've said this before, uh, the man who is infirm has no firmitas, he's, he's not stable, he's not sure of himself, he's, he's shaken, he's out of balance. All of this describes disease, doesn't it? Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am infirm, heal me. O Lord, saname domine. It's extraordinary the number of times that this phrase occurs in the liturgy, even in the Furial Office at Lodz. It is the text of the brief responsory. I've always found it remarkable that in, in the Furial Lodz we pray for healing, for healing. And similarly, 
are at terse in the filial office. There is this prayer for healing. And then in the gradual, the psalmist went on to, to cry out, My bones are troubled. Now that's a very descriptive uh, cry. My bones, the very things that are supposed to hold me together. It's almost the marrow of my bone is infected. My bones are troubled. I find that very, very expressive. The man who says, my bones are troubled. It's, it's very deep, isn't it, the trouble? And my soul is troubled exceedingly. Uh, this this uh, gradual is, is uh, uh, really a cry out of the depths of all that is twisted and broken and unstable and disjointed and fragmented in us. And then, of course, we're given a remarkable gospel. And I, I call your attention to it because this gospel provides us with the very prayer that the Church has us say or hear six times in every Holy Mass. Six times. Uh, repetition in the liturgy is the Church's way of underscoring something that is crucial. It's the Church's way of, I'm sure that when you, uh, in school, prepared your exams, at least it was the trend some years ago, for diligent students to use a highlighter uh, uh, a kind of yellow felt pen, and they would highlight certain uh, phrases and certain words. The Church highlights certain phrases and words in the sacred liturgy by making us repeat them. When something is repeated in the Mass, never pass over it saying, we've already said that, I get it. When something is repeated, it's the Church's way of soliciting the attention of the heart. And so, we have in this Gospel the prayer of the centurion at Capernaum. And he comes to Jesus first. All prayer begins with this coming to Jesus. Accesit ad eum. The centurion first approaches Jesus. And uh, then uh, besought him. That's uh, rogans eum. But the English here has um, beseeching him. Uh, there's something very pathetic about this way of asking. It's not simply making a request. 
I picture the man on his knees, clasping his hands and looking into the eyes of Jesus with a pleading coming from deep inside. And what does he say? Lord, my servant lieth at home, sick of the palsy, and is grievously tormented. So he describes the affliction. And Jesus has these astonishing words, words that we want to hold always in our hearts. Ego veniam et curabo eu. Ego veniam et curabo eu. I will come and heal the gospel could stop there. I will come and heal him, life's duty priestly. <laughs> it's, it's that powerful. Uh, but the, the dialogue goes on. And the centurion making answer said, and here it is, what did he say? The very words that we say six times in every Mass. Domine non sum dignus. Lord, I am not worthy, ut intre subtectum meum, that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Said tantum dic verbo, but only say the word. Et sanabitur puer meus, and my servant shall be healed. This prayer elicits from Jesus such admiration, such wonder, that Jesus responds, Go, and as thou hast believed, so be it done to thee. And the servant was healed at the same hour. Now, the Church, in using this prayer of the centurion in Holy Mass, changes only one word. The centurion said, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed. And the church makes us say in Holy Mass, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. Now, the remarkable thing about the liturgical use of this phrase is that the priest says it three times before his Holy Communion, striking the breast each time. And the priest says the first part of the prayer aloud so that the people hear it. The people hear the priest saying, Domine non sum dignus, Domine non sum dignus, Domine non sum dignus. Thrice the priest confesses in the presence of all, Lord, I am not worthy. And then the priest makes his holy communion. And after he receives the adorable body and precious blood of our Lord, the priest turns to the people 
And it is their turn to say three times, Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. Now, my point is that if Jesus responded so wondrously, so magnanimously, so compassionately to the prayer of the centurion, who said it but once, but said it from the heart. How must our Lord respond to our repetition day after day of the same prayer? Should we not expect to hear from our Lord's mouth, Go! After receiving my life-giving body, Go after receiving Holy Communion, and as thou hast believed, so be it done to thee. We should expect to hear this answer from the mouth of our Lord. And the servant was healed at the same hour. The word servant is replaced by soul in the liturgy. Can we not replace the word servant in the last sentence of the Gospel with the word soul? And my soul was healed at the same hour. It is for this reason that I would call your attention to the extraordinary healing virtus power of every Holy Communion and to the healing that radiates always from the sacrament of our Lord's body and blood. Yes, received in Holy Communion, but also contemplated and adored. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost.